0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the 7 Strong Podcast. I am your host, Holly Hillier, a retired six-figure corporate engineer, mom to three crazy boys, and CEO of 7 Strong. I went from burnt-out corporate engineer to stay-at-home mom boss building multiple businesses and life-changing income from my kitchen table. My passion is helping other female entrepreneurs create magnetic marketing and scalable systems so you too can create the time and financial flexibility to live your dream life. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Seven Strong podcast. I am so excited for you guys to dive into today's episode with Julianne Taylor. So, some of you may know Julianne Taylor as Juju. She is the big personality behind Julianne Taylor's style on both Instagram and TikTok. And She is a neighbor of mine, and I have been so lucky over the last five years to get to watch her business, her personal brand, her social media, and her in-person network just explode. And Julianne is here today to take us through what it looked like when she started back as an in-person interior designer living overseas with her husband and three young kids to now running a huge personal brand that's been featured on shows like the Today Show. And her collaborations range from everything from wallpaper to clothing to jewelry to home items in magazines that you would not believe. She is a boss entrepreneur and she's done it all while raising three incredible children. And I cannot wait for you to dive in. So let's get started. Okay. Welcome Julie and to the seven strong podcast. I am so excited to have you on the podcast and this is crazy. So when I moved to Charleston, I moved into this little neighborhood. It's literally like one little circle of houses and little did I know I would be surrounded by incredible entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs building like boss businesses. And I was so lucky because Julianne is one of those women. And some of you may know her from Instagram or TikTok. She's Julianne Taylor style and her TikTok like blew up during the pandemic and rise of TikTok. And so you may know her better as Juju, but Julianne really, Oh my goodness, when we sat down and got to talk and I got to kind of get the ins and outs of her business, like it's mind-blowing what Julian has built. And so she's going to come take us through that evolution and being that female entrepreneur from in-prod in in person to speaking engagements and digital products and masterminds. So Julianne really started with, and she's going to give us her whole story, but her Taylor Burke Home Product Design Company. And this this was really an in-person. This, this was not this huge online business. And since then, she has done clothing and wallpaper and jewelry collaborations with some of the top brands in the world. Julianne was on the freaking Today Show, which like insane, insane. And now she has a coaching business. She speaks at women's conferences and she is actually hosting her own business and leadership retreat right here in Charleston, which I'm so excited. And we will talk about that. But first I want to give Julian the opportunity to take us through this incredible evolution that that you've had.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk to your amazing community of powerhouse women. So thank you for that. And I do think that part of the reason that Holly and I were drawn to each other from the beginning is that we both lead our businesses from a place of service. And I think when you have that mindset, you naturally connect with other people, female entrepreneurs that have that same mindset. So I think there was definitely that synergy from the beginning that we were kind of drawn to each other. And I do think that even though we're in completely different lanes in our businesses and what we do, we have a servant's heart in our approach to how we help other people on this planet. And so I think that there are a lot of things that align for both of us and how we run our businesses. For me, I have always been a creative at heart and I'm formally trained as an interior designer. I'm not a practicing interior designer, but all of the things that I have done in my career sort of are connected to that industry in some way. And what a lot of people don't know is that I have a master's degree in human resources through the business school at the University of South Carolina. And so my 20s, I spent working in corporate America as a human resources professional. And so a lot of what I do today, I always feel that nothing is wasted. So I have this kind of balance of creativity as well as the business mindset that I really think serves my community in a way that's very impactful for them. So... What a lot of people don't know is I, my 20s, I spent in corporate America working for PepsiCo in HR. I would do interior design on the weekends. My parents would always say, well, I'm so glad we paid for you to get an interior design degree at the University of Georgia so you can do a bunch of free work on the weekends. But that was just kind of the nature of where I was in my 20s. When I was 30, I married my husband, Chris, and we proceeded to move all over the world for the next 10 years following his career with General Motors. So we lived in Australia, Spain, China, Korea, an incredible experience. I had three children while I was living abroad. And at at some point in that time, I think as a mom and a wife, you start to think about, well, what's next for me? You know, I had my three children. I still had this burning desire within me to do something more. And I think that being a stay at home mom is. A wonderful thing. And it is one of the most thankless jobs on the planet. Stay at home moms work harder than anybody else. But I was not cut out to be a stay at home mom. I love my children, but I've always wanted to have a career outside of the home. And I yearned for something that was, that really fueled my spirit and my passions. And that was something creative. And so while I was living overseas, I was doing a lot of. Custom work for expats like me, so Westerners living abroad. And that led into creating a lot of custom furniture for my clients. And when I was in China, I learned Mandarin. I'm not fluent by any means, but I could get to the factories and negotiate and find resources for fabric and furniture. And I really enjoyed making custom furniture. And that was the initial spark for my first company that we launched in 2012. It's called Taylor Burke Home. It has morphed quite a bit over the last decade, but it started from this idea of living overseas and solving a need. There was a need for custom furniture, and I solved that need in the marketplace. We launched our first collection at America's Mart back in 2012, and it immediately took off. I was still living overseas at the time. It immediately took off a a little company you may have heard of, One King's Lane, found us back when One King's Lane was it, right? Incredible. They found us at that first show and I flew back to Asia and I told my husband, I was like, I think we're on to something. So we were at a point, we'd been gone almost 10 years that we said we've had our kids like, let's slow down and get off the hamster wheel a little bit. And we decided to make Charleston our home. In the meantime, I did all of the product design for Taylor Burke Home. You go to these shows. So we had showrooms in High Point in Atlanta. I went to market four times a year. And if you are any kind of buyer for a wholesale store or an interior designer, you're familiar with those markets. And it's where people go to buy at wholesale to put in their brick and mortar stores, their online stores, what have you because of the nature of of being we call them carnies because we see everybody at the same trade shows and you meet the heads of all of these other companies. So I love to meet people. I'm a natural connector. And so I started getting approached within a couple of years from the heads of other companies that would say, we really love your aesthetic. Your showrooms are beautiful. We love how you mix colors and patterns. And you don't seem to be too much of a diva. You seem to be pretty level-headed and easy to work with. Would you like to come and create a collection for us and help us launch it in the marketplace? So in 2015, that led that door opened into a whole new revenue stream for me. And I launched Julianne Taylor Style in 2015, which is truly an umbrella company for product design, digital content creation and my business coaching services. And it was very strategic at the time. Like when you're starting a business and it's great, you don't really know where it's going, right? Like you have these big loft, but you don't know where it's going. But I was smart enough at that time to know this has to be separate from Taylor Burke Home. It has to be a separate business that is my own personal brand. And from then I have gone on, I have three licensed collections of wallpaper, artwork, tabletop. I've done some fashion. I have some more product collaborations that are coming out later this year. I'm venturing into other things. And I really love that. And it is a nice, it's just been a nice revenue stream for me.
0: So smart. And I love, I mean, just even going back to the beginning where you're saying like not, nothing is wasted, right? And so it's so, I don't know that I knew that you worked at PepsiCo before all of this. So I got my degree in engineering. I worked for Anheuser-Busch. So very like similar. Nice. Yes. Right. And then on the side, while you were doing interior design work for like free, I was actually baking cakes for free because of this, like literally the same thing. I was like, I need a creative outlet, creative outlet, right. i did a creative outlet. And I was like, this is fun. And it wasn't about like, let me go create some empire. It was that outlet, but it allowed me to like tiptoe into like entrepreneurship and for me, it really taught me like, oh, I cannot just trade time for money. It is oh my goodness! Like owning a banking business was like giving up every second of my day. There was no way for me as one person to really scale beyond. So I really learned a lot, a lot from that. But you know, also you're having a master's in human resources, and I know we can touch on you and Chris too, and. I love how you guys kind of have synergy amongst your businesses, kind of like David and I do. But, you know, my engineering degree, I say it all the time, like I'm such a systems person. So you're like so much more the creative than, than I am. And my mind is like that really systems mine. And so I've taken that engineering and put it into to business. And just like you've taken your HR, moved that into all your business coaching and, and things that you and Chris are doing too. Like, I just think... When we're in the middle of it, sometimes we can't see like what a gift these things, the path that we're on actually is for where we're going. So I love that. And so you mentioned Chris and I brought up Chris and I know, you know, Chris has, has his own business, but there's synergy kind of between you guys and then also pandemic working from home. And can you talk a little bit about what Chris does and how you guys have worked together and how like two kind of. Entrepreneurs under the same household. Like, what does that look like for you guys?
1: Well, as during the pandemic, some people were like, I need a new house, and some were like, I need a new spouse, right? Like it, it it strained a lot of relationships for people. And we were very fortunate in that it was the opposite for us. It actually brought us closer. We were able to find more synergies. We actually work quite well, both working from home. Now We both have our own office space. So he works downstairs in the home office. I have a home office upstairs. And I do think that is very helpful. We're very fortunate. And I'm super grateful that we can have separate working spaces. But I do think that it allowed us to really explore some of those synergies that we have. He, after this long career with General Motors and some other gigs that he's had, he's always longed for having his own consulting company. And so now he is a consultant for Fortune 500 companies. He also does some work with that are more nonprofit with some churches across the US and other organizations that are all around leadership development and some of the instruments and tools that he uses as part of those strategy sessions. And so we have a lot of synergy in what we do. The reboot retreat that is coming up in, in August, we're teaching that together. So I'm sort of teaching most of it, but he's going to come in and teach one of the sessions on Myers-Briggs, which is a personality instrument. And he's certified in that. And so we're going to be looking at it as knowing self and knowing others and how you can use that as a competitive advantage in your business.
0: I mean, I'm obsessed with all things like personality, like All the things of Myers Briggs, Enneagram, and for those of you who have done Myers Briggs, I am an INTJ, which is really weird for a female. Julian, what are you? What is what is your Myers Briggs? I'm an ESTJ. I love it. I love it. And I could. Oh my goodness, I know we could do like a whole episode of Myers Briggs, but yeah. So there are a lot of new entrepreneurs, and Chris was was working. You guys were were overseas was Chris always supportive of you starting, starting your business? And there's a lot of women who have these big dreams, but they're raising babies just like you. Mm-hmm. Like, what did that look like? And talking to Chris and in what, what you needed and starting these businesses with small kids at home?
1: For me, our conversation started before we were married, where like, look, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. And we had those conversations. So going into it, his expectations were that I was someone that wanted to have my own career outside the home, that yes, I want to be there for my kids, but that it was going to be more of a shared responsibility between the two of us. And so I think those conversations are really important. It would not have worked out for me in a very traditional gender role of our parents and our grandparents. And I'm not knocking that. It's whatever works for you. But for me, Chris loads the dishwasher. He does laundry. He cooks. We share those responsibilities. And I think that creates an environment where I'm not in a position where I have to ask for, Hey, is it okay? If I do, he knows I'm off doing my thing and he's very supportive of it. He is somebody that has been one of my biggest cheerleaders and has supported me along the way when we bootstrapped the launch of Taylor Burke home back in 2012. And we used his executive bonus one year to do that. And I remember I was like, Gosh, what if I lose it all? And he said, I've talked about this before. And he said to me, because I, I had all this fear around, what if this is a huge failure and I lose it all? And he said, I would rather you try and lose it all than to never try it all. And that right there just tells you the kind of person that he is. He has always been the most supportive person of me. And I, I tell even clients that I work with, I'm like, if your partner is not on board with your dreams, you either, from my perspective, I'm like, you either got to get them on board or you got to get a new partner because you and I've talked about this before. Your thoughts are the sum of the five closest people around you. And I always say your partner probably takes up half of those thoughts. So you got to make sure that the circle that you're surrounding yourself with is also going to help you reach your dreams and be the wind beneath your wings.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I talk to a lot of women, yeah, well, my husband's not supportive or they don't truly understand. And for me, and this this is where it was really important when I started, especially like my network marketing business, was like David did not understand the business structure and he didn't necessarily believe in the business, but he always believed in me. And so I think it's really important to find out from your yeah spouse, significant other whomever you're asking for support like listen you may not understand this business but do you believe in my ability to create it and David I was able to get him on board so like you said, it's it's all it's all communication and I was able to get him on board we were on a flight back from an event and I was reading you are a badass and I just turned to him and said like if income was no object, what would your greatest dreams be? And he was like, Holly, I'm like, Ugh. okay. And I was like, no, no, He's no. He's like, I'm tired. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. And I'm like, I have you trapped on a plane beside me. You have to answer my questions. And I was like, forget this business opportunity that you don't believe in. But truly, if you dreamed as big as possible for our family, what could we create together? And so it went from being, this is my business to this business is mine, but we are building this life together. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, David, David is, he is the cook in this house. Like we share all the roles or I give him the cooking role, take it, take it all. But we share it all. And there's no other way that I see to do it. We're partners. So yeah. I love that. So if you were to go, go back. Right. And like you mentioned, like the, some of the five people you surround yourself with are, I mean, that's truly changing the room I was in changed, change my life. And so if you were to go back and kind of talk to that, that new Julianne or a new entrepreneur, like some of the clients that you, you, you work with incredible, incredible business owners. Like what are those pieces of advice that you give them as they're really starting to get their businesses up and running? I think
1: that for a lot of women that I work with, there's this feeling that we're socialized from Childhood, our parents, society, our partners, the universe that somehow we're supposed to ask for permission to do things, mm-hmm. that we're supposed to get approval, get acceptance, and we're not. But that is to me what I see is a very different thing that is very different for the genders. And I'm not knocking men, I love men, I'm married to one, but. It's one of those things that as women, sometimes there's this last hurdle and it's we're waiting that someone out there is supposed to give us permission. And really, we don't need anyone's permission. What we need to do is take action. But that is like a blocker that I see quite frequently. And I'm sure that you do as well. It's like this invisible wall that blocks us from just going for it.
0: 100%, for going for our dreams, for living our own individual lives. And when I, again, David was still wasn't believing in this, in this business, but he was coming back to me and saying, it's making you happier. You're happy. You're loving your life. So like, go, go do like, I, I want you to be happy. So do what makes you happy. Right. And like you said, I didn't need David's permission to do it. I I was doing it. I mean, I was like, well, (laughs) I'm working my full-time job. I'm just going to go, I've got the money. I'm going to go start this, this business. And of course we're partners and we're having that conversation. But in the end, like no one else was responsible for my happiness. No one else was responsible for building the life that I wanted. I was. And so I didn't, it's not someone else's job to tell me to go do it. And I, I love that. Like, I love the more women that feel like we're in control of our lives and we're not asking permission, the more successful we're going to be and the stronger we are together as well.
1: Well, and I get asked this question a lot from people that that are like, what do you think is the best characteristic that successful people have? What do you think is the one key thing that successful people have? And I always say, I'm like, it is their ability to be okay with failing because that to me separates people that actually like get it done and people that don't because every single one of us You failed. I failed. Every successful person out there has failed. And I think that we're so used to looking at the highlight reels on social media that we don't see the failures. So when we're trying to start something new, we think that we got to hit a home run right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And that actually is not what happens? Success actually comes after many, many, many years and years and years of failing. And so if you're going to start a business and you're not willing to fail, I, I'm like, don't do it. Don't start the business. If you're not willing to fail because the failure's going to come and the failures are what teach you. They realign you. They refocus you. They push you in a different direction so that you do find the success. There is no overnight success. Yeah. I'm like, you'll see these posts where it's like so-and-so was just an overnight success. And I'm like, that the overnight success does not exist no. because what you don't see are the months and the years of the blood, sweat and tears before all of a sudden people hit it big and they're the overnight success, right? Yeah. So I think that that's something we we have to grant ourselves grace and give give ourselves permission to stumble along the way. None of us have it all figured out. I mean, you and I still work with coaches. Mm -hmm. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like coaches, even coaches need coaches. Like everybody is, we're all still learning along the way.
0: Have you ever felt isolated as an online entrepreneur? Like, you're on your own little island trying to figure out how to grow a business, manage your household, and be the present mom you wanna be? Yeah, me too. Which is why I created the Seven Strong Society, a monthly community for online entrepreneurs. Each month, we come together to focus on growing your business and income fast. With monthly trainings ranging from Instagram growth strategies to email marketing, to creating quarterly schedules to allow you to live your life on your terms. We connect via monthly planning parties, expert trainings, and live Q&A sessions as well as on our private app. Yes, off of social media. Want to learn more? Head over to sevenstrong.com/community to get all the details. I'll see you in the community. 100% and yeah, I say failure's data. Like everything is data and with yeah, like my Seven Strong clients, I'm always telling them like you've got to be trying, this is like my engineering mind. I'm like track and then compare like every day I should fail because if I'm not failing daily, then I'm actually not moving forward. Because if I'm just doing the status quo and that feels like success, then I'm not growing. And the biggest thing that I see is that women attach too much emotion to failure, right? like what would happen if you actually removed this emotion of, be like a failure in your business does not mean you are personally a failure, right? It's, they're two different things, right? Oh, I failed in my business failed. If you label it that, right. I failed, meaning I got a new piece of data that actually gets me one step closer to where I want to be. Like we have to change like how we define it. So I didn't hit my goal. So technically I failed. And yet I moved closer to where I want to go. So mm-hmm. to me, that's not a failure. But if we're not yeah. tracking, if we don't understand what those failures are and how they can then lead to success, then, then they are failures, right? If we're not actually using them as data and stepping stones. But you're exactly right. And I have a, a client and her social media blew up. Like, and this this is where, right? This, this overnight success. Wait a minute, she started the year, she had like 3,000 followers at the beginning of the year. This is like on Instagram. She's like 70,000 now. And she was at an in-person event this summer with me. And all these people were like, oh my gosh, like you're so lucky. And they literally would say you're like an overnight success to her. And she was like, Holly, it is one of the most offensive things anyone (laughs) can say. And yet everyone's saying it. And I was like, I know because you don't see the work. You don't see the months of posting three reels a day, sitting down at the end of the day, comparing the data, making the changes, running the ads. Like you don't see the millions and millions of failures because of her massive action in such a short amount of time that that growth. Yeah, we all think it's overnight success. So, you're—I mean—you're exactly right. And I love too that you brought up coaches need coaches, and so I have a coach. I always have a coach. I'm always like hiring more. And the thing is the coach you hire will also shift with your season. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that, but I've been like, okay, I needed like in 2020, I needed like a mindset coach to be like, okay, Holly, let's review the stories you're telling yourself and like flip this mindset. And Mm -hmm. the biggest mindset shift for me in 2020 was that to earn more income, I have to work harder That my income was attached to the number of hours I was working. And I really had to let go of Now I'm working with more of a tactical business coach on like Mm. the scalings and systems and ad side. And so it changes with my seasons. Have you found that as well?
1: Totally. I think you need coaches for different reasons. And also as you pivot or you level up in your career, 2020, same for me. I was in this cycle of the world blew up. I'm very fortunate that I have three different revenue streams. So when one dries up, I can pull the lever on another one. But you're, I got in this cycle of trying to do everything and seeing what would stick at the wall where I was like, just because I can do all of these things really well, doesn't mean that I should. Like let's focus on a few key things. And then in 2022, I, and then I take a break. I usually, it's like six months on, then I take a break to like implement the tools and move forward. And then you need, you need them in different seasons. Last year, as I had breast cancer, I worked with a coach again to really think about, okay, my life is shifting. Like I've had this huge upheaval and really focusing more on, okay, I can do all of these things, but what things truly bring me joy? And so that is what I'm leaning into now is I, that is my barometer for everything. When opportunity comes my way. My first point of my question is, is this going to bring me joy to to work on this project? And if that answer is no, I don't even consider it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with so many pieces of this. So one, I think... Or entrepreneurs. Like we're kind of like these multifaceted entrepreneurs where we're like, Ooh, but I can make money here and I can make money here and I can make money here. And all of a sudden we've got our hands and like all these different pots and it's like too much and we're overwhelmed. And our audience isn't necessarily like following all these different places we're moving. And so really dialing in, like, what are those like one or two offerings that I'm going to go deep with? Like, and And defining them not by maybe, oh, this looks like the fastest path to income, but what actually brings me joy in my life? Because when I'm connected to that, my service is better. And you started this podcast by talking about, yeah, like that servant heart. And I do think that's where Julian and I really connect and it connects back to this, this joy. And it's what's so beautiful about business because it's almost like selfish of like what brings me joy. And when I'm like selfish in that way, my service is so much higher and my impact is so much larger on the people that I get to serve. And so I just, it's one of my favorite things about entrepreneurship is it is like in the middle of it all, if you love what you do and your focus is always how you're serving others and how you're making their life better, like then your income and your impact grows you don't even have to think about it.
1: Well, and I, I totally agree. And I think there might even, there may be some listeners that are like, well, that sounds great, service, service-based service heart. But what does that mean from a tactical standpoint? So I, I want to provide a little more detail around that because I think someone would say, like, what does that mean to lean into a place of service to provide a product or service to your customers? For me, what that means on a regular basis, because at the end of the day, we all have to feed our kids right? We all have to feed our kids. And if I'm not making money, then this might as well just be a hobby or a nonprofit. And that's not what we're doing here, right? But you can still lean into leading with a place of service and still feed your kids. And so what that means is that, for example, there are times when I'm sure the same for you, I get asked to do things in kind all the time. I cannot say yes to all of those things. Or as I said, I'd be running a nonprofit. But there are that doesn't mean that I say no to a hundred percent of those. There are certain things for me, it means leaning in and saying yes and helping someone when there is absolutely nothing in it for me. And what I will say is when you lead your business that way it always comes back tenfold. There are times that I have gotten the most amazing projects, the most amazing amazing clients, because they're like, you helped my cousin's sister's aunt when, you know, I mean, like five years ago, right? And it always comes back. And I'm just a firm believer in that. And I'm also... I'm a closet feminist. I just went and watched the Barbie movie yesterday. I tell people I'm like, if you're a supporter of the patriarchy, you're probably not gonna like that movie.
0: I <laughs> so. was, I watched that movie last, what like this weekend, and I. I cried like, oh, Different plan. Like, my mind is still spinning from that movie. Cause in some of it, I was like, this is so ridiculous and dumb. And then I was like, oh my God, it's the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and a friend that I was with called that I thought was so great. She was like, it's a feminist
1: manifesto. And I was like, yes, that's what it is. And I'm, you're probably not going to see me wearing a t shirt and all of that stuff, but I am definitely a girl's girl. And by that, what I mean is, I'm like, you need a, you're a, you're a woman and you need a leg up. I got you. I'm like, oh, you want that open parking space? I, I got you. I'm like, you're a lady and you want to cut in line? I got you. And I think that as women we have to rise up and support each other. I am not about tearing people down. There is no time for that. And when I feel that energy from someone else, I move in a different direction. I'm like, we are not aligned. We are just not aligned. And I've come across plenty of people in my life that the energy is just not matching there. But I, I look at him like I'm sad for you. That makes me very sad for you, because that is how great things are done when we work together and come together as a group. Amazing things can happen. So I, when I say I'm, that's like kind of cliche, and people are like, "Oh, a girl's girl." I really am a girl's girl.
0: You are. You are like just. I mean, again, Juliet and I met because we were like. we're neighbors. Like we didn't meet because we're like entrepreneurs. We met because we were neighbors and we have another good friend and neighbor, Ali, another like boss freaking like entrepreneur. And we just all sat down one day and just started talking as neighbors. And the the energy is there. The, oh my gosh, like what are you doing? How can I support you? And the true energy of there's nothing in it for me But like, we're all women out here trying to build incredible businesses and make impact in this world. And because of that, like, I'm here, I've got your back. And there was this really just strong initial connection. And that is everything. And Julianne, so I actually have a question for you. Okay. I wasn't really going to get into this. So she's a boss on social media. Like, I mean, just... She's it's insane. It takes one to know one. Like (laughs) your personal branding is it is just beautiful. Like, just go watch it and like be happy and like be inspired and empowered by Julianne. It's so good. Again, she's Julianne Taylor style over on Instagram and on TikTok. But what is so impressive to me is how Julianne has networked locally and within Charleston and within the female and Female minority really standing up for a lot of the minorities as well within the local Charleston area and beyond. And so, how have you found your footing with in person networking versus yeah. just social media?
1: So again, I think it starts with leaning into those things and you find that people respond to it. I have made a conscious decision as my platform has grown. I think that for me, I take it as a personal responsibility to promote our local businesses and our community here in Charleston. Listen, I love a good Amazon link as much as anybody else. I love Prime Day deals and all of that. But I am someone who really tries to balance that with supporting local, shop local, our local hotels, restaurants, retailers. People know that I am a friend of our local community here. And because of that, like something happened recently I, for example, I work with Conover Aesthetics. So I have different places around town that I work with regularly for hair, skin, all the spa services, all of that. And Conover Aesthetics does my little Botox and my lasers. And while I was there, they were like, I've got this friend who's starting a farm in Somerton, and they make egg and chicken deliveries. Like, what is there? They're just starting out. Is there any way like you would give them a shout out? And I was like, yeah. Tell her to bring me some eggs, right? Yes. So Next thing I know, this sweet lady from Flowers Family Ranch is showing up at my house with this huge delivery. Now, another person could look at that and say, that's dumb. You shouldn't do those things in kind. You shouldn't do that. You need to be getting paid. Yes. There are plenty, I just did a campaign yesterday with Ford Motors for a lot of money. And because I'm able to do those kinds of campaigns, that balances out with me posting about the eggs I got from Flowers Family Ranch in kind, right? And that's how I look at it is everything balances out. And so my willingness to lean in and support another woman who's who's starting out and just trying to get a leg up there will be blessings that come from that down the road. I have no idea what they are, but it's not it's not for me to sort out right now. I just know that she's another female entrepreneur that needs my help and it's something easy I can do. I'm like, can I post about eggs? Sure, I can do that.
0: Yeah, I love so
1: that. So I think there has to be you know, when that's your approach, Mm -hmm. other businesses notice. They're like, oh, I see you work with Woodhouse or, oh, I see you go to Stellanova to get your hair done. Like, They, it just, one builds on another. It's like a snowball effect of like, hey, would you come and have dinner and promote our restaurant? Or it's just, I think you just take the action. There's nothing more special about me than anyone else that lives here in Charleston. I just happen to have a platform and I take active actions to lean into supporting those businesses. And so they reach out and ask me to do things for them.
0: I love it. Yeah. And and that's how it works. That is. And just the like active aligned action. I mean, action. Like you just take action every day. Like action and knowing that failure is just part of the process like if you could do yeah. those two things like you can build whatever you want to build and so let's talk about I'm well gonna- and let me jump in for just yeah. a second
1: like yeah. i say all that that i mean sure there have been plenty of knuckleheads that reach out to me that are like i'm gonna send you a ten dollar scrubber and i need five TikToks for that like right like we all get the emails of yeah. that right yeah. so I mean, there's some we don't even respond to those.
0: Yes, right. There's there's the the spammy ones. Yes, no know your worth, know what's aligned, and know. Yeah, you got to know your worth, worth,
1: worth. but also balance it with that supporting your local businesses.
0: Exactly, and what feels to me that just feels very aligned in supporting another a true small business, not someone spamming me in my Instagram inbox. Very, very different. So, okay, Julian, I'm super excited because the end of this month, the 21st and 22nd of August, you are running this reboot retreat in Charleston. And it is like, it is on my vision board goals to run a local retreat. I want to hear, and I think there as of yesterday, there were only three spots remaining. So we are, we are going to publish this episode as soon as possible. So you guys can try to snag one of these spots. So talk about, and you you mentioned a little bit, Chris is going to be there. Like what, what is happening at this reboot retreat and how are you serving?
1: Well, like you, it's been my dream for a long time to really service women in a more impactful way here in Charleston. is such a beautiful place and doing these retreats. And Chris and I have both co-facilitated retreats at the corporate level, but in California and, and other places. And we've always dreamt about, gosh, we'd really like to do something here in Charleston. And it grew out of, I teach a group coaching mastermind every week and my team was like, we'd love to do something in person. Could we come and meet with you in Charleston in person? They don't live here. And I was like, yeah, let's do something. But in order to make a retreat like that work, you got to have more people that join it in order to have the nuts and bolts work. So I was like, how about we put together some really impactful programming and open up 12 slots so that other female entrepreneurs could join as well. And they were like, great. So that's how it kind of started. And there's really two components to the retreat. One is down and dirty business Fundamentals to Finish the Year Strong. So it is thinking through, we all set goals in January, and what are we doing now that it's kind of past mid-year to finish the year strong? So all the fundamentals around topics like how selling is serving, not shady, focusing on our calendars to Black Friday deals, and how do we focus on our customers to get those sales in for the end of the year. We're looking at a lot of people attending are people that are either solo entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, or they have a small team of like five people. And how do you scale your business with offloading and delegating some of those tasks and the things you need to be thinking about with hiring your first or your fifth person on your team? And then we have, Chris, everyone's taking the Myers-Briggs, the long form version of the test. There are a lot of free versions online, but again, the goal really around that, we have a whole session the second day on, okay, how do we use that knowledge? Because knowing your personality is great, but we really get, we go deep into learning about self and others so that you can use that as a strategic advantage in your business. And then we'll finish it off with kind of time is of the essence around batch working and time blocking and all of that to get the most out of your time. So it's sort of business fundamentals, but then in the evenings, we have activities planned like a candle making class. And one night we're doing a sunset cruise where I want the women to have opportunities to network and connect with each other and potentially collaborate. That You'll have these long lasting relationships long after the retreat. You and I both know, and we've talked about this, how being an entrepreneur can feel very isolating. Like you're in your home office, I'm in my home office right now, right? So it can feel very isolating. And so I think that there's this magic and yes, we all attend conferences and all of those things, but I feel that there also has to be this component of connecting with the other people that are also learning beside you.
0: Yes, I mean, and and in that small group setting, like that is where yes. those magical connections happen. I was part of a mastermind two years ago. And today, like literally just in the last two months, those connections, I, I like didn't really, I was like, oh, this is great. And now in the last two months, I've reached out to three of them and like, we've had these incredible collaborations. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like. There's so much power in in in-person connection. So what is the website for, where can they learn more about Reboot Retreat?
1: So there is a link in my bio on Instagram and TikTok. It will go to my stand store. There are also some other little tips in there. I get asked a lot about morning routines or how to build an email list. There's some other digital courses that are going to be coming out of some of my more popular keynotes. I speak at a lot of women's conferences. And so some of those topics, I'm now able to offer them as digital courses. So we're going to be doing some more of that.
0: I love that. Okay, But
1: you can see the full agenda on my stand store. So you can see what are we doing day one, day two, like what do do I get out of all of this? The full agenda is there as well as registration.
0: That is incredible. And I will link that in our show notes as well. And I also... I mean, I know so many people who listen to this are in that phase of I'm a solopreneur or I have like one or two people. So this is where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just, it's that perfect segue. It's how do I go from doing everything myself or having the small team to actually growing a real team and we've got the personality piece. So how do I, how do I manage a team and really build a business and a company that I find joy and they find joy. I can serve at a higher level and just focus on the things I love and let them work in their wheelhouse. Cause I feel like that's, that's a really hard transition for a lot of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs yeah. really. Yeah. And I think this year that's been a huge step in, in my business. And I feel like we're like, finally found our footing. I'm just talking with one of my assistants. She's just amazing. And so anyway, I love that with Reboot Retreat because it is what allows you to take your business to the next level.
1: Well, (sighs) and I think you and I are both aligned in the types of women that we serve. There are different types of coaches out there and there's sort of one school of thought that's like, are you tired of not making any money? Are you tired of this... That's not the type of woman that I serve. I serve the type of woman that is like, I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to level up because I know that I'm meant for more. My The the women that are the sweet spot for me that I work with are is, is a woman who is empowered. She knows that she's ready for more. She's ready to lean in and do the work. She's got big ideas and she just needs a little help to get her there, that is the woman that I like to work with.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, what what is more fun than that, right? Like, literally, women with passion and joy and energy, and they know their businesses are going to be freaking incredible if they can just get over this one next hurdle. And we mm-hmm. get to help them do that. Like, it—we're mm-hmm. the best jobs in the world right like we really
1: do we We really do
0: the best women in the world and I think it makes you and I've said this plenty of times we're just like who gets
1: to wait I mean what is this life you wake up every day and get to decide how you want to spend it like
0: I mean it's amazing it's truly incredible I took the kids out yesterday we went on a boat ride in the morning I came back. I had a mentorship session with my business mentor. And then I spent the next hour and a half mentoring other women. I was like, could this day be any more perfect? I got to be with my kids. I was poured into by a business mentor. And then I got to go pour into other women and help them. And it was just, we get to create that. We get to create our perfect days every single day. And- it's not saying like every single day is rainbows and butterflies and it's like, still work, right? It's, it's like yeah. it should be hard. Yes. Like we're still working, but we do it with with joy and knowing, knowing the impact we get to make. So all right, as we wrap up, how would you like to close this? What is that top tip for that woman who knows? Like, I am here, I am ready, I am made for more. Like what I'm stuck. Help. Like what, what is that tip for her?
1: So I I think one of the best tips for someone, because the fear is always going to be there. If you're waiting for the certainty and the fear to go away to make a step forward, you're going to be waiting forever you're going to be waiting forever. And you have to think about your life is this lifespan of 80, 90 years, we all hope. This time in your life is a tiny little segment and it can, it can potentially change the whole trajectory for the rest of your time on this earth. And so the fear of doing something is always going to be there. So just do it scared, do it with the fear. The fear is not going to go away. So just do it with the
0: fear. That's it. That's That's it. it. That's all I got. Oh, so good. We are so lucky to have you. Thank you so much for taking your time and doing this today. I'm going to have to have you back over for like a little mocktail together. Let's do it. Let's do Uh, it. You're amazing. Guys, go check out Julianne Taylor Style on Instagram, TikTok. All of our links are there. I'll link everything in the show notes as well. Thank you, Julianne. Let's go impact some more lives.
1: Love it. Thank you.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found tactical takeaways you can apply right away to your business. If so, it would mean the world to me if you'd subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review on iTunes. Now, let's go crush some goals together.